Hello and welcome to Victory Points. I'm here with my... I'm Becca Scott. <laughs> We're going to start over. Hey, welcome to Victory Points. This is Becca Scott. And I'm Jake Michaels. And this is a podcast about people who love tabletop games, interviewing other people who love tabletop games about the tabletop games they love and why they love those tabletop games. When I said this is Becca Scott, I was pointing to you like you're Becca Scott. Like, this is Becca's introducing you. No, we got it done. We got it done. Our guest this week <laughs> is Johnny Wrecker. Johnny is not only the most badass second assistant director in all of Hollywood land, who travels the world being a boss on huge movies, but he's also one of the biggest tabletop RPG players I know, and that's saying something. Hi, Johnny. Hi. Hello. <laughs> all that was written in my notes, and that's saying something. <laughs> It is, though, because I can't I can think of very few people who have been on this podcast who aren't huge role players. And, and you are you are high I'm, on that list. I'm trying. I'm trying. I got a, I got a late start to tabletop. You got to catch up. Satanic panic, man. It'll, uh, <laughs> so there was a lot of watching anime and playing video games growing up. And, you know, wait, you were seems on brand as in you fell for the satanic panic. As oh, you, no, I didn't fall for it. Oh, but okay. It was just like all of you because you need group. Yes. Right. You need friends. Yeah. And there was always like one friend whose parents had like turmoil in the toy box yep. or one of those great like books from the 80s that explained exactly how evil Dungeons and Dragons was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or the booklets that they yeah, used to hand the out. Booklets, oh. the pamphlets. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was until college. Weirdly, Bible college, which even then we did very <laughs> right. illicitly. You had to like shut yeah. all of the doors. But then, well, you know. demons. Yeah. Mm. And then finally, when you're very busy, the rise of a couple of the podcasts and, you know, Tabletop, Acquisitions Incorporated, Nerd Poker, and then in Critical Role and all of that gives me kind of a way to do it vicariously when I can't actually sit with people. And then, yeah, I've kind of fallen back in love with it. That's so oh, cool. Amazing. Well, we're going to talk about all those things. We're going to talk about why you love tabletop games that have an element of role-playing, which uh, we've talked about on this podcast before with Gina DeVivo, mm -hmm. but you're another one of those that loves those. More on the macabre side. Oh, sure. <laughs> and I, I always say macabre, but it's macabre, isn't it? I don't Honestly? know. I feel like the votes, It's a. I think it's a foyer foyer thing. Like okay. I think that there's a there's a world where you can say macabre, yeah, because you don't want to have to like it. twirl your mustache and say macabre. Yeah, you know, like, Ooh, yeah. I do like the way it's, you say that while you twirl, though. It's yeah. tomato, tomato. Yeah, correct. I say tomato. Yeah, right. We all do. <laughs> Let's call the whole thing off. Okay. Well, not only are we going to talk about that, I want to talk about a lot of the games you enjoy are fantasy flight games, as all of us. <laughs> love fantasy yeah. flight. Yeah. So I want to talk about why they're so good at doing things so right. I don't have an answer to this. Maybe someone does mm. in this room, hopefully. Oshi? He knows. Yeah. And uh, then I want to discuss Elder Spell, which is a fantasy flight game that mm. Johnny is a fan of. You can teach us all about it. And Mysterium, which is not. Yeah. But we'll talk about it too. <laughs> From Labellum. All right. And of course, a shout out to the best 80s dex game that involves marbles that isn't the one you think. Ooh. First, I have two quick pieces of news. Gen Con, just a month away. Man, oh, man. That's close. I don't know if I'm going or not. Yeah. Me neither at this I point. I would love to go. I love this event so much. I just have a, a magic-related commitment on Saturdays. So you're doing like a ritual in the woods is what you're saying. That's correct. Yeah. 
ritual sacrifice. Not you, Oshi. Don't get scared. It's a tough one. I've I will fully admit to have I have never made it to the Gen Con. It's on the list. You it will. is definitely on the list. You'll That's make the it hope. someday. Um, a lot of friends that go, but it's always like that window of. Comic-Con to Gen Con. Yeah, it's in the middle of it all. It's very it's busy, yeah. and I'm usually very busy during in, that time. In the summer, summer, summertime. Yeah, everybody crews up, and you can't really... It's like, guys, I really have to go play some D&D and find out about new board games for a week. <laughs> One of these days. One of these days, fingers crossed. One of these days, fingers crossed, you won't have work. No, just well. kidding. I don't wish for that. <laughs> but only coinciding with Gen Con. And then also, so here's the thing about Magic the Gathering Arena. They've been hiring me for stuff and recommending me. So I am going to be in Florence for a tournament sponsored by Red Bull on Saturday, July 6th. So if you go to Twitch on that day, the Saturday after 4th of July, uh, you might see such a tournament. So check it out. And that was my other piece of news. Uh, Gen Con, by the way, is August 1st through the 4th. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. I thought everyone just knew that. <laughs> I didn't even I did have a tattooed notes. on my arm, which is why I said it. I have a tattooed on my I have to get it changed heart. every year, which is a dumb tattoo. But... <laughs> it's got lots of crossed out marks and new tattoos <laughs> yeah, next to it. That's a mess of August dates. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Johnny. Yeah. First question. How did you first start role playing? It was the, you know, it's like... There were a, a couple of times in college that we would do little things, but I tend to stay very busy in a wide variety of things. And folks would go, you know, there was a guy, Kirby. His name was Mark, but he insisted on being called Kirby. Absolutely. <laughs> we are playing every Wednesday night at six o'clock. I just built a brand new pirate system on my own. We're going to do it. And I'd be like, oh, OK. And it's like I would do one. I would do a one one off. But something in college, you're just like every Wednesday night sounds like a lot. Um, yeah, for and sure. I still kind of like, I still feel that way, fear that kind of that over. I have some friends that will play uh, a call of Cthulhu game every Sunday and like every Ooh. Sunday. And I just don't, yeah, that's intense. I love call of Cthulhu. Don't know if I want to do it every Sunday, but then I, uh, some very dear friends of mine, um, who out in LA, I kind of found my tribe out here. were a bunch of guys from Emerson, my dear friend, Dave page, uh, and his friends, he'd been running the same map that he drew a world map that he drew at like 16 and he'd been playing in that world forever. And so at some point they realized that I had been kind of left out in the rain due to the satanic <laughs> panic. And they had had a, a very important character to their uh, world that he'd been playing as an NPC because his roommate had started and then left as we happened. Mm -hmm. So he's just like, and it's because again, when you've had the same map since 15, it's a time travel game through the 5,000 year history of this map. So this was the wizard with the time machine. So all of a sudden they're like, hey, Johnny, because I would come and just watch and enjoy the game. Because again, I go away for months at a time, come back, hey, what are we doing? And so they let me back in and that's like my primary, uh, that was kind of my primary gate back in. And now I've got way too many games yeah. for the amount of time I have yeah. in my life. So cool yeah. that they just, that's a great gateway is here's a character already made for you in a game that's already going. Yeah. Just jump in. Yeah. I mean, that's it was, it's a, a blessing. It's three, five and it's a wizard who she had picked all the wrong spells. And because we time travel, we were never in town. 
Like, we all have, like, <laughs> 10 gold to our name. Like, so I'm just like, sure. But you walk right in, and you it's great because you have a sense of who that character is. Sure. Is, you can just kind of... Sure is the right attitude to come into that, too. Especially oh, yeah. because you are gone so much, you can't fully commit to it. So yeah. it's like, I'm just down for what's going Let's on. Let's do it. And oh, yeah. this is a time to throw in... Maybe you could say that's a Mize moment. I used it wrong. I learned a new word. And it means... <laughs> Might as well. Yeah. You have to use it in the perfect context. It is Might as well. It seems to be such a magic junkie now. Seems <laughs> to be used by primarily magic players. <laughs> I don't but, you know, know this phrase. Get it out somebody there, yeah. offers you a free thing and you go, huh, mice. Mice. Ah. That's might as well. Mice. Yeah. So they offer you this this character. Mice. Mice. Mice it up. Okay. Yeah. That's uh shout out right. to mice. Uh, New I, tattoo. I was for sure. Uh, convinced that I was being trolled and people were trying to get me to, to say, say this word so they could oh, laugh boy. at me that Becca thinks this is uh, a no. thing. But apparently it's a thing because uh, it was confirmed by multiple sources. All right. Mice. This is mice. a thing. Yeah, so you mice. Might as well You're try mice. and use it. Uh, I don't know. I used it wrong. I'm pretty sure I used it wrong. I'm going to try it's my practice. next show. I'm going to try to see who I can like infect that with. <laughs> yeah. What actor... Or crew member yeah, get it to that be a is thing. always doing press that yeah. if I can just let's let's get this mice thing out there. Yeah, let's yeah. But it's gotta be in the context of something offered to you for free that you just think, ah, oh, mice. Might as well. Mice. There's no and, loss in this. Yeah. And yeah, you know, sure. there, might as well's got some like, eh, might as well. Yeah. But I think mice has got like a nice positive like, yeah, mice. mice. Does mice come from a magic thing where like you're about to get a bonus, you might as well take it? Maybe it's well, it's not what I needed, but I got a one one creature, one drop. <laughs> Mice. <laughs> All right. That sounds right. Don't worry. I'll <laughs> sprinkle in more magic stuff as the show goes on. This is where my brain is all the time. Okay. Next question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you have traveled the world working on films like, I went to your IMDb page, oh The Purge, Whiskey Tango, Foxtrot, Peppermint, Unicorn Store, Focus. How do you keep up with these RPGs while traveling? Or do you find people to game with while you're there? It's a it's a mix. The D and D is hard, yeah. Right, D and D is a hard thing to do. Like um, I found out, um, shout out to Adam Hart and all the stunt guys on Purge uh, election year, um, who are all big D and D fans. And we all found out that we were like, and it was all like, guys, we're gonna roll up characters. We're gonna do like, let's just buy a module and we'll just run it and then we were on nights for three months. Oh. And so every Saturday, everybody just slept till 6 p.m. And we're just like, maybe we're not going to get to this D&D game. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, but, you know, we swapped stories and got to kind of talk. But, yeah, it's tough. And you Skype in um, when you can. Um, and, you know, it's something that as I've now in my downtime decided that uh, – being on a podcast would be fun, a D&D podcast, and we've started up. I now just travel with a mic, and we've got a we've set up a rig where we record, and, and we Skype in That's when great. I need to. I haven't had to yet, but... You will have to. Yeah. Yeah. And shout out the name of your podcast. Oh, it's called Demon Days. Demon uh, an Days. actual day podcast. Um, actual play. Yeah, and uh, iTunes, Google, we just got up on Spotify. Just Are hit you- episode 10. Nice. I, uh, I'm wow. one of the players. I was going to yeah. say, yeah, are you a player? What's, yeah, your, what I, you, what's your class? It's magic for me. Uh, yeah. My friends had a podcast network after the hype that I'd been on a couple times talking about movies, something I like. And they were like, hey, we're doing this D&D thing. And it's great. I get to go and perform a bit and roll dice and not have to worry about. Someone else does all the editing and the wonderful Jonathan. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and I just get to kind of 
be on the other side of things for a minute. It's fun. Amazing. But, um, yeah. Now, speaking of the side you're normally on, what is it like to be on three months of night shoots? Does your body just I, get angry? Weirdly, um, I kind of uh, run that way. And my lovely partner, Ray, kind of run that way anyway when we're off. Like, we just say we're full vampires. Like, <laughs> we are, you know, we're luckily both off because she's also in the industry as a set decorator. And we're both off these days. So we're we're running on, like, a hard, like, noon to 3 a.m. schedule Oh wow! right now. Um, which is fine because at some point it's going to switch and we're all going to be getting up at 3 in the morning to go off and work on set. Um, so I don't hate nights. I kind of like that all night. Because the rest of the world kind of quiets down. Yeah, that's and true. And you're just in your own, you're in your own world anyway, um, kind of on a film set together. You just get kind of this weird traveling circus. And um, so when, particularly if you're out doing big crowd work and you're out on the streets and car chases and stuff. Yeah, but you're you coordinating just, the circus. That's what's nuts. Yeah. Because we, we mentioned you're a second AD, which I don't know if yeah. a lot of people Actually, know yeah, what a second know, AD we does. We should tell people what that is. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of the weird um, kind of hidden Anytime that someone's like, oh, I even had somebody was watching here. Get ready, Becca. There's a Game of Thrones um, <laughs> video that's coming out now. That's a behind the scenes of one of the battles. And you've got the that I haven't seen yet. Uh, um, you may have because <laughs> it's a 50 50 of what the camera sees. And then um, you see a camera operator and then you see a grip behind him holding them. And then you see like an effects guy throwing dust in Kit oh, Harrington's cool. face. And then there's like another person who's just there kind of like Spotting. playing very aggressive zone basketball, like around <laughs> everything and is running along with them. And I had a friend of mine from college write me and it's like, so Johnny, I was watching, who's that guy? And I had to write back and kind of say, that's pretty much me. Like, that's pretty much like the AD department. Um, essentially, there's a first, a second or a second, second, and they're sometimes called a third. And essentially they run. No, they're never called a third. They're yeah. called a second, second. Uh, UK. Like, look at all the oh, UK stuff. On. I use it to Don't find out. Don't be logical people in the UK. <laughs> we like second seconds. Yeah, second seconds. Very confusing. Um, but we manage and run the set. So we coordinate between all the departments. And sometimes that's, you know, uh, filling the Superdome in New Orleans full of extras to recreate the Super Bowl or the big game, I think, because we couldn't say Super Bowl. Um, sometimes that's just figuring you out where the bathroom goes. It? In the desert. Well, we didn't. We uh, to we, an extent. We had um we had about fifteen hundred extras that day, and then one of the day we shot for the day. We shot all the football stuff. What said, film is this for? For Focus. This Focus. is in Focus, which is a great movie. People should check out. I think it kind of before Suicide Squad. It's the movie that put Will Smith and Margot Robbie together. Oh. Um, and I'm a big fan of it. And we recreated a the big game, uh, in New Orleans. And so we took those. 1500 extras and then we sent the rest of the crew home and then we sat with the visual effects coordinator and we tiled the oh, entirety the whole, of the superdome because so cool. they had figured out in visual effects which sections you could flip like they so they knew they're like these 15 sections if we get these 15 sections and we get everybody cheering just we reverse can, the image and on the other side. And fill in the entire. That's so cool. Which was wow. great. My PA, so, so copy and pasting copy and sections pasting of a crowd. But you can't just have them like do the old like, you know, video game Street Fighter three moves. Like right. with you their have arms to, going up and down and yeah. such. Yeah. So my yeah. essentially my PA staff got to play. We put them in the jerseys for each side so that people could pick because people and they did to shout out to the New Orleans extras. They came. We gave them fake teams and they came painted. Oh, they built their own signs. Cool. It was great. And oh. so my PAs just played football 
for four hours while we just moved everybody around the stadium and tiled the whole thing. So <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, so you second know, AD work. It's really what yeah, it's, yeah, <laughs> all, all sorts of fun stuff of just making sure everybody gets on time. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm hearing maybe it's time we take a break. Sure. And you know what I it. say? Mice. Mice. So, uh, in a few minutes, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. We have so many more things to talk about with Johnny Recker. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we are back. Welcome back to Victory Points, a podcast about board games and stuff. I'm Becca, here with Jake Michaels, as always, my trusted co-host, and our guest, Johnny Recker. Oh, hi. Oh, hi again. We didn't go anywhere. That break was very short for us. Stupid short. Anyway. (laughs) It was great, though. I loved it. We should have stretched. Yeah, we should have stretched. A seventh (laughs) inning stretch. Yeah, I feel refreshed. (laughs) Tile ourselves into into the stadium and and sing sing a song about the ball game. That's what the focus was about. Oh, I did sing the national anthem on the 50-yard line of the Superdome because it was empty and I could. could. It's um, amazing. And the best part about it was the uh, special effects coordinator uh, came out, walked out very dramatically and started singing harmony with me. Yeah. <laughs> right about the middle. Uh, so, yeah, sometimes uh, being on a movie, you get to do insane. And that's like a special moment that's really just for me and him. Yeah. Because well, it was a completely, empty, yeah, yeah. a completely empty stadium. But. Oh, oh. miracles do, do happen. <laughs> I love it. Well, hopefully in the first half of this podcast, people learned a little bit about what the heck a second AD does. Yeah. But now what people need to know is why why do you specifically love uh, tabletop games that sort of emulate that feeling of a TRPG or a TTRPG, depending on how pedantic you are with whether tabletop is one T or two. And uh, games like... Betrayal at the House on the Hill, which I know is one of your favorites. You like the Widow's Walk expansion? Oh, man. It's the roof. Yeah. (laughs) The whole time, (laughs) you're playing the game, and you're like, horror movie, I got to run out on this roof. You got (laughs) to. And they finally were like, guys, we we heard your cries. We heard your outcry. Yeah. Here's the roof. Yeah. So you can outcry from there. (laughs) Um, What is it about this game that you love? So it's, what I like is I find that the, the Betrayal series does the best job of giving you all the pieces so that like what I find is I'll buy it as like when I'm out of town on a job, I'll just buy a copy and give it to someone. And there's oh. a bunch of people that for whatever reason have never gotten to play it and want to. What's wrong with them? I don't know. <laughs> um, so I just, as because again, carrying, carting around a bunch of stuff in your luggage is kind of a nightmare. So I'll just go buy a copy and then give it to someone and then idea. we play it. Then they have it, but I love that it's without a a dungeon master who then has to like prep a bunch of stuff or even running a module. You have to read the module. Like there's a lot of buy-in to do for one person. I can get a bunch of folks together on a film set who want to hang out on a weekend, um, and we can get four or five people together, 
And I found Betrayal is the best at just automatic generation where you've got characters that are archetypal enough that you can just jump in and and just like you're the the old I always end up going for the old pastor the old yeah. priest or the old yeah, priest the professor. or the little kid or you know the the jockey football you know yeah. quarterback and you can just those roles exist and it's a lot easier to kind of coax people for me to try to get this tabletop fix that I'm missing because trying to run a game it's one thing if it's skyping home to a campaign or a character that I just put on like a hat and it's another thing to have to roll up. Everybody hates that first, first session. zero session, yeah. rolling up your character thing that you have to do. And then you've got also there's one or two people that have never played. And you have to explain all of Dungeons and Dragons to them. So it's like it's a. So in 1985, Gary Gygax <laughs> sat down with. <laughs> yeah. And this is fifth edition, which some people play Pathfinder and like, no, no, no. Just like, let's get into it. And I find betrayals easy. And there's just so many options. It plays differently every time. Um, we do have the one house rule that that I always bring with me. Ooh, I love house that, rules. Um, during the haunt, when it happens, there's one of the haunts that I will let everybody vote. Like, okay, there's a hard vote. I don't know if you guys want to guess which one it is. What do you mean you'll let, every, you then, let so everybody it's like vote to just reveals. let that happen? We look, at, we look through the book. What it should be. What it should be. And there's one of the 50, 70 now with the expansion that I will just, all of a sudden we have to talk and we talk about either like, do we let the next haunt happen or do we just pick, let like pick different items because I've played it three times. I don't know how, but it makes me crazy. What is it's, the, what is, is it? The free for I don't all know one? that I've played all it's of the them. It's the mice. Oh. It's what the, are mice. the mice. You, everyone turns into mice and yeah. then there's a cat. <laughs> And then you have to, like, get out of the house. And it's one of those... I understand that, like, if you're making, like, 70 different horror-themed whatever, you're like, we're going to throw in this really fun one that's going to be really quirky and subvert everybody's expectations. And for whatever stupid reason, the combination the of, The Tom like, and Jerry haunt. Yeah, the room and the, the, the omen that summons it. I've just gotten it. And so it, for me, as someone who's like, there's this world of replayability mm -hmm. that exists. It's the one on the, the list that I'll be like, hey, guys. So unless you're all really option. stoked about being mice, <laughs> we can either I just veto. pick at random. Someone oh, shut their eyes gosh. and put your finger on something. Or we can let's see what the next haunt is. Because that is so interesting because I don't know that I've ever played the same haunt twice. And I'm going to say I've probably played that game. 15 times for the base game. Yeah. And I have never gotten this one. But that's what's funny. I'm not going to pretend that I understand anything about statistics. But uh, statistically, what are the chances that you would have gotten dumb. that one three It's really times? low. And like in a row. And sometimes like it's been months since I've gotten to play. And so it's like, guys, uh -oh, what new weird? We've got all these this. tokens I've never used. How does the zombie well, work? Is that a Who widow? Knows? Is that a widow walk one? No, that's in the original. It's a core one. That's a core one. And so, yeah, the part of the reason getting the expansion, I'm like, this just ups the chances that we don't have to do the mice. You know, going it? back to what you said about like it being able, able to easy to jump in as characters, I totally agree with that. There's something about those archetypes and also about just the motif of the haunted house that people yeah. are just on board instantly. Absolutely. And because the first act of the game is always a cooperative in a lot of ways, yeah. there's not a, there's no pressure. 
and you but can you know the pressure's coming. It's coming. Yeah, and, but and, there's that. That's the fun of that. And the like. turn is so much better. The mm-hmm. more you put in, and if there's one or two people at the table that can kind of, again, like we all need that, in, even tabletop. You know, it's like I see the videos online of people like, you know, if the guy just wants to say, I roll a charisma check, he should be allowed to. But I'm like, that's not why I'm there. But, uh, you know, there's a couple people at the table that can kind of guide people into that process a little bit. Absolutely. When the haunt happens, it can be absolutely just decimating. Bonkers. Yeah. Oh, man. I love this game so much. And, yeah, it is such a gateway game. I think I've talked about it before, but um, my dear friend Dan... Never, ever let him be the haunt initiator because every time he will say, wait, I got to go in the other room and play by myself. Oh, yeah. Anyway, shout out to Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Who's in the other room right now by himself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I love that this is just such a staple that, oh, I know what I was going to say. It's about the helpfulness of cliches in shortcutting your way into storytelling. Yeah. Because it gives you this opportunity to just jump right in without preamble because you already know, oh, this is my version of a jock. Got it. We yeah. all yes. have those archetypes in our brains. And so cliches aren't always a bad thing. And they've, always, and so they've helpful. already very in a ton of media have also been subverted. Mm-hmm. So then you can also then play the very kind of jokey version of the old priest or the scary little girl. And that adds like an, even another layer of it's like, Oh, we can, someone can be playing this straight and someone can be getting kind of wacky with yeah, know, the exactly. cheerleader and the jock. Absolutely. I think, I think cliches, off on their own. I think cliches know? are a good bridge to this hobby we have for people that don't do it because there's some weird stuff that we do. <laughs> we cast what? spells at oh, each sure. other. You know, we play these games where there's they're really gory. And for people that like aren't into the the motifs and cultures that we are, yeah. for them to jump in and just be like, okay, what is this? Oh, don't worry, you're just playing this old professor. Like, okay, yeah, all right, sure, yeah, just go into this room, go and in that room, open look, this chest look for clues. Yeah, and like that's there easy you enough. You get it? Okay, I've seen this movie before. And then yeah. they get on board, and then. After the first session, they aren't playing the the fighter who's an orphan again every time. You know, right. they've learned to be something different. I forgot those people exist. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I did. Uh, well, they I, I well, met this wonderful woman a couple weeks ago. And she's like, oh, I don't like fantasy. And I was like, no, you don't understand. You just, what? No, but like. Like a yeah. dragon it's or weird a magic to shut off spell? a whole concept, right? Of yeah. fantasy. But, but, but she, we were in this fantastical um, short series, short digital series, and she was playing the girlfriend of a, an evil overlord. And she, but it, the joke was that it's very rom commy in that in that her scenes, right? And so she was perfect for that because she didn't, didn't buy into that, that world yeah, yeah, yeah. and didn't play into it, but. It, but then the finale of that, her character sort of becomes, takes on the role of the evil overlord. So we'll see if there's a season two for that thing. I'm not yeah. going to say what it is so I don't give too much away. <laughs> <laughs> but it's such a funny concept to me of not like accidentally falling into loving fantasy because I feel like everybody has that potential. We all wish for the mystical. That's why religion, this thing called religion has been so popular <laughs> for millennia. World, guys. Because people want to believe yeah. in what in things that are not things that we comprehend in our grounded, you know, everyday life. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, Game of Thrones was that too for a lot of people that didn't like fantasy at mm-hmm. all. And yeah. I think that made it mainstream for a ton of people. That's right. That was the other thing. That's why I said, yeah, because I was trying to remember my other point, which was Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, Harry Potter oh, was yeah. a pivotal, yeah. Brought pivotal, wizards back. pivotal, pivotal for our generation yeah. of just this foundation of, well, I was maybe 10 when the first book came out. And so those eight years... Right. Uh, wizards just were normal. Wizards are the thing. <laughs> well, for most people, I got in a very famous fight with my college girlfriend's mother, Uh-oh. who had purchased one of the, the 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 new version of the Satanic Panic was that like Harry Potter is full of the devil and right. trying to make yeah. witches yeah. out of everybody. Yeah. And I just like you know this is all Latin, right? And like we just got into it. Yeah. What was her so, response? Because it is. Oh, Latin. We, it was a very heated. And I was just like, and got into Lewis and Tolkien and the history oh, of, boy. of like religious people in the 20th century writing fantasy and like, you know, uh, Wrinkle in Time and how like <laughs> allegorical truth is the, I mean, yeah, if you want to talk you religion, down the rabbit hole. we will, a uh, whole separate so podcast. Satanic Panic, of course I've heard it because it rhymes, but yeah. I don't, I don't really know what this means. This, this was the thing where parents are afraid of their kids getting a hold of material Tell me what satanic panic uh, so means. So it was there, and there's a lots of great kind of. You can find co- compilations of old kind of material on this. I remember my personal favorite one to share is an old 700 Club like mini commercial <sighs> that is like people playing Dungeons and Dragons. They're playing it wrong. They're playing it like a board game. So they're like the guys moving the dragon around and then no. whatever. And then essentially they're they're like, you need to make a blood sacrifice or your character <laughs> will die. And cool. then you see him walk home and then like walk his little brother out into the woods. Like, that's the <gasps> yeah. end. Like, oh, the, yeah. Yeah. that is and, awesome. And he's like, do you want to play a game? Like, it's real. Like, I was handed so, I was handed one of those pamphlets as a kid. Yeah, uh, yeah. definitely. Little did the 700 Club know they were making such awesome content. It's really <laughs> oh, weird and great now. That. But, uh, yeah, and I mean, Turmoil in the Toy Box was, like, taken all down. Like, the, uh, the Smurfs are all French socialists that wanted to convert us all to some sort of weird communist, like, Yep, that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody that was too popular got like a big bullet. And yet you were raised religious. Yeah. And you've gone so far in the other direction. Well, I don't know. Like, I I still believe I like to believe in a magical world. Um, I believe that there's great mysteries that we don't understand. Yeah. Um, And my parents were always just like with all this stuff um, to their credit was like, Read yourself, figure it out yourself. If you have questions, ask them. It's fine to doubt. It's fine to experience Whoa. the great mysteries of the world. Uh, and yeah, to their credit, like I've I given, they probably what a great oh, philosophy. Like, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's not the- <laughs> still went Sunday mornings. Um, but you know, I so they are still avid churchgoers. Not avid. Again, they've you know the but the that problem, attitude is so. But they open. still have a good attitude, and like yeah. my sisters are raising their kids, trying to raise them the same way, trying to figure out how to. To navigate those waters, because like the line? I can't believe in a cold, non-magical world. Doesn't sound like much fun. No, not at all. Yeah, so we got to believe in something. I I was referencing your aesthetic inclination towards oh, sure. skulls, horror, and uh, horror and black yeah. leather, which I find absolutely charming. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. There's that. Perhaps there is something about as a kid. The darker stuff was always appealing, again, because there was very much a, like, don't do that. Yeah. Don't look at that. And that was tied also with the other big one from the 80s was a lot of the, like, anti-metal 
mm. Satanism that goes mm-hmm. along with that too. But it's like the cool t-shirts with like the skulls and the, and you're just like, that all looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. And the more people tell you to not do that, the more you kind of lean in towards it. And I was lucky enough, like growing up in the mid-Atlantic, like growing up in Maryland, is there's a couple butts that are like, yeah, except for Poe, because he's our guy, and oh, we love him. There's a butt so, Poe. Like, yeah, butt <laughs> Poe. Oh, um, solid. So you're kind of like, yeah, but the Raven's just kind of spooky. It's about his dead wife. It's not too weird. So you just It got in, ingrained in the culture a little bit. Yeah, play yeah. in this sandbox. I mean, yeah, we're ghosts, love all that. Civil War ghosts. So there's a certain amount of that kind of weird spookiness. I mean, we're, I live right over the hill. I, I grew up uh, from Burkittsville, Maryland, where... Uh, the Blair Witch Project is supposed to take place. And we did. We had a spook hill. We would, uh, that was the big thing when you got your license was to go over the hill and try to find where spook, because we have one of those gravity hills um, that they've now repaved where like if you put your car in neutral, it'll roll up backwards. There's a big story about- What does that mean? Why does that happen? Something about the equilibrium of the road to the, um, the hills, the shape of the hills in the background. It's an optical illusion. Like if you could see the world at like a full level, oh, you're actually cool. you're you're actually going downhill. But because everything else in the world is tilted a certain way, it feels and looks like you're going uphill. Whoa. <laughs> so yeah, you go to and the the idea was you'd sprinkle some sugar or some flour on the bumper because these Civil War ghosts died pushing a, a cannon up the hill by some Confederate snipers, and they're still there pushing. So like you just put your car there, you put it in neutral. And the car just like rolls, and it does. I mean, I love the lore. The of big it. tragedy, That's so and it was always like there was no geocache for it. It was like this road between here and here. Yeah, it's, there's no place and you had to, to find like work on a map yeah, yeah. and find it. And right then like back you're before just, all of our phones had GPS coordinates. Yeah, and then like you're on random hills, being like, nope, I think is this the. <laughs> You know. Oh, so, so cool. yeah, it's that's always been like the appeal to me is, and again, like I'm not a mopey person personality wise. No, you're not. Um, but there's always been appeal to me, like the great, and again, it, it, partly religion's fault too, because like you go to Revelation, meteors falling from the sky, seas of blood, locusts, and I was just like, guys, this, this is really dope. fun. Yeah, this is good storytelling. If anything, like everybody's <laughs> watching Good Omens because they picked out like the, the <laughs> yes. really good parts, and they're like, guys, this is nuts. And so, yeah, it's a- oh, amazing! I'm behind. I need to watch Good Omens on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Y'all get to it. It's a uh, David Tennant and Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. Ooh, Sheen. nice. Okay. Well, yeah. I feel like this segues well into a game that I wanted to talk about, yeah. which is one of your favorites from Fantasy Flight. And we'll get into Fantasy Flight a little more because yeah. they do Arkham Horror, Eldritch Horror, uh, Mansions of Madness, which are all kind of dissimilar vibe, yeah. but. The game I want to talk about is Elder Spell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you you said you are a fan of this and you play it on your phone quite yeah, a bit. It's um it's great it because it, it distills. It was one of the early, very early um, kind of mods that they did, and it takes all of the um, kind of very complicated. Like we've all played like a. Well, not we all, but like we have all played like a 12 hour game of Arkham Horror where you're like, I might need to take a bank loan out. Like that was the (laughs) point where uh, my loving partner's eyes glazed over when all of a sudden they're like, well, you can make a you can get a bank loan in this game. And I was like, oh, yeah, Um, but it it takes it down and it makes it dice based. So you essentially your characters, um, you know, when you're playing with multiple people, everybody kind of picks a role as like the uh, investigator or the rich heiress. And um 
each one of those characters has different abilities that lets them keep dice, re-roll dice. And so, yeah, it's... It, it's and it's cooperative, it's, right? It's cooperative. You're trying to stave off the Lovecraftian Whatever demonic horror. beasts, the horrors. Yeah, and, and the cool thing is for like a dice-based game, they also did a great job of all of the, the win conditions for the different monsters play differently. Ooh, and they did a great job also good. of um, translating that into the app as well because you can... Um, like, you know, uh, of course Cthulhu is like a two stage process of like, you have to like do your research locally and then you have to go on a boat Cite your and then sources. it's a whole, yeah. And it's a whole, and but there's no board. This is just a pretty all, simple dice rolling. It's dice rolling. And so you, you get event cards. And again, these are cool because like, it'll be like the cultists attack and then you have to roll a certain amount of, they break it up into like spells are all mental stuff and then you have like physical and then there's icons on the dice and you have to hit a certain number per like encounter whatever the, per encounter. Mm -hmm. And so, and again, you have different things that will give you extra dice, the, the shotguns and the torches and the, those kind of will lend towards the physical that'll give you like an extra dice you can roll. Um, you know, then there's spells that'll be like, you can save certain, Thing. So there's cards, there's dice. It's a very, and I think there's even like a very nice board if you get the the IRL version Ooh. of it that you can kind of use to kind of help structure everything. But yeah, it's a... Uh, when I looked it up, I didn't, there's a, a clock that progresses your time. Yeah. Your each round, you move the clock up one. Yeah. And then there's the card for the monster or the horror. Yeah. And then there's uh, individual player cards yeah. where you keep your dice. And the, you know, in certain... What they're really good at is some of the more esoteric um, monsters, um, the, the grand big bads, um, are more kind of like they're their own isolated thing. Some of them, um, like Haster, will, are all about generating little spawns, like little other Ooh. monsters. And then you have to sometimes a monster will land on an event that may already have like a monster component. But all of a sudden now you have to both defeat the monster that's lurking on that spot and win the win condition for. So it's like, there's different ways that things ramp up. Some people advance the clock faster. Some people throw a lot more monsters at you. So there's just within, you know, and what I like about something Fantasy Fight does very well is kind of set their version of the Lovecraftian universe so that there are character archetypes that are run concurrently through all their games. Right. So if you have a favorite right. investigator from Arkham Horror, you can find them and they probably have very similar, you know, skills, skills and buffs that they would in Arkham Horror. And they awesome. have at this point 30 different characters that you can kind of pick up and play very with. Very cool. And, so my question but, is, what feeling do you get after you played this game? Um there's and again, like all good Lovecraft games should be, the win conditions are set fairly high. Okay. Like uh the Cthulhu run with like both stages, again, you get certain, um, your bonuses and your equipment, you know, the shotguns and the spells are again, do I try to just play the ratio game and maybe I'll win where I've only got four dice and I need four results or do I add my other stuff? And then later in the game, you have maybe blown all of your good perks and you really need those dice to roll your way. It's that, but, it's that gamble that yeah, you love. It's yeah. It's the gamble. Mm -hmm. And even for the phone game, like you don't win 
very often. And sometimes that's a better, that's a better personal, like my grandfather taught me to play poker when I was really young and he'd always say, you're playing the devil. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. um, it's a lot That's easier to like nothing kind what of. What does that mean? You're playing because the you're devil. always going to lose. You're always well. I mean, again, right? like satanic panic. Like the idea, of the cards are inherently there's something evil about yeah, them. Yeah, that's why um, I like them. But like, if you're playing solitaire, that because again, why are you playing solitaire? Well, I'm playing the devil. Like, I'm, you know, I like maze. it. <laughs> Might as well. Uh, Mize. So. Mize. <laughs> Maze so, is corn. Yeah, maze is corn. Yeah, which you could find in a field as you stumble into it, right. looking for the Civil War ghosts <laughs> to push your car back out to the road. Yeah, so it's directions. like you don't win often, which again I like on the the road that encourages replayability. Yeah. Whereas, like at a group table setting, when you've all put like an hour into these games, and again they reset pretty quick. Uh, you know, it's not like the Arkham. I think that's part of the reason they made the dice version. Right. Was Scale that it down. Is like the same pieces and the same excitement of the bigger game, but you don't have to be like, hey, do you guys have like seven or eight hours? Yeah. <laughs> I'll come you... an hour early and set the board up. And uh, yeah. <laughs> seems that it's distilled all of that lore and that beautiful artwork yeah. into a smaller package. And in that smaller package, because we actually note the name again, because you said Elder Spell, but yeah, it's... there's. Elder it's, Sign? Elder Sign is oh, the name. Sorry, it's I just a, got excited. Okay. I just make sure Do you want to know why I got excited? Well, let me tell you about a card in War of the Spark, the new Magic the Gathering set called Elder Spell. It's a black and a black. You can destroy any number of target planeswalkers, then choose a planeswalker you control and put two loyalty counters on it for each planeswalker destroyed this way. Elder Sign is the name of the game. Elder <laughs> Spell is the name of the magic card. Yeah. Well, if you made it this far, <laughs> you're still on board. Elder Sign. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was looking it up. I was like, Elder Spell is not this game. But that's great. Uh, oh, yeah. And I, I'd never seen that before. Well, we, I had just played Mansions of Madness <gasps> for the first edition? time. Second edition for oh, the first time yeah. just okay. last week. Well, tell us about Mansions of Madness second edition because I've never played first edition, but I know second edition is the one you want to get because that's where the app is. Which was a really great yeah. little tool. It's it's um you set up the board with tokens and icons just as you would in any kind of explore the mansion kind of game, but in this um version, uh, you actually have the map built out on the app as well based on the scenario you've chosen, and you can actually like touch the doors in the map, and then it reveals a dialogue. It provides music at different oh, points. Yeah. And this art. is one within the world where you. Can play similar character archetypes yep. based on this Lovecraftian uh, genre that Fantasy Flight has a lot of rights to. Yeah, and you, this it just walks you through the scenario depending where you go in the house. So it kind of is a nice little butler for the game, you know, because sure. it's it's sometimes nice to have a rules master in the room, and yeah. the app does that for you. Um, I believe it, first edition. Someone had to play what the app plays. Really? I think. Oh, I didn't so. know that. Well, then I this is a great. Innovation because it eliminates that rule. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, and it's funny they found ways to throughout their kind of their sources like with the same stuff as like you know the elder elder sign has the dice conditions that you have to meet so that kind of sets up your enemy player actions so that you don't really have to have that DM person yeah present and you know in the fantasy flight games I think they've done a very good job of kind of very. Um, once you get it, again, somebody's got it. It helps if somebody knows the game. I would hate for a bunch it's of true. people to just pick up Arkham Horror 
and try to play. No, their it. nose is in the book half yeah. the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but the monsters move on their own, and they have, and it feels organic. It doesn't feel like it's too on rails. It feels yeah. Well, let's talk about Fantasy Flight, right? Or- yeah. Well, one more thing I want to say about Mansions of Madness for anybody who hasn't played. Highly, highly recommend. It is a big investment. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because there are a lot of components. You get a lot in your box. But it's also, once you've played all the scenarios, you're going to want more scenarios. And then there's expansions on top of that. So it is it is a pricey one. But if you're an addict, you got to get the oh, Mansions yeah. of Madness. And there's really good communities up around this. This is something I mm-hmm. didn't even know about. Uh, one of the players in my Pathfinder campaign is like a huge Arkham Horror buff. And there are so many customi- customizations oh, really? that are online. So he has Jason Voorhees and Xenomorph <laughs> and all of these other kind of horror, the outside of the Lovecraft kind of mythos that people online have kind of homebrewed. That's great. But they also have made, you can print out with artwork. Yeah, so there's a great kind of fan community around there too, homebrew and They've stuff. They've modded it already. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Things that Fantasy Flight does extremely well, they really have cornered the market on games that are grandiose and big and feel expansive and have a whole world around them. And so kudos to them for pulling that off. And they're also not only integrating some of their games into an app, uh, like with Mansions of Madness, you need the app to play, and so worthwhile to do that, but also that you've played Elder Sign, <laughs> Elder Sign, on <laughs> the app version. Also, Lords of Water... No, Lords of Water... Lord of Water is not... That's not no. Fantasy Flight. Uh, <laughs> Twilight uh, Imperium. Twilight Imperium is the greatest game of all time. <laughs> it's just, we haven't brought it up in a couple episodes, so yeah, I need to make sure true. I got in no, there. No, it was in my notes. The best game ever, TI. Game edition. of Thrones board game is pretty popular oh, yeah. mm-hmm. as well. Another fantasy flight. Yeah. Those are the ones I wanted to mention. I all have very expensive. To, I've only vicariously been able to all of the great tabletop content that now exists. Um, I've only been able to vicariously kind of get into Fallout, and I'm a huge Fallout guy. I'm still playing 76. I'm the only person. I'm very lonely. <laughs> but growing up on the border between West Virginia and Maryland, like growing up on that border, I feel like I'm wandering around through the hills I grew up in. Whoa. So it could be buggy as hell. I'm still going to hang out because it's my people. So, uh, But that fallout experience I really want to have. I want to sit down and, and play with somebody who's really into it because I love the you, story Guess what? I got a copy. I was going to say, wait, yeah. wait which, which one is this? This is the Fallout game. What's It's called, uh, what's the subtitle of it? I believe it's just Fallout. Nah, there's a... Yeah, I'm trying to... It's because... It, but it is the, the Fantasy on the show? version. Yeah. And I feel bad because somebody gave me a rap gift once. It's just and, Fallout. And I opened it up and it was... It said Fallout on the top and I thought it was the... I was like, oh, how did you know? Um, <laughs> and it was a, uh, it was a chess set. It was just like a nice Fallout 4 chess set oh. where all of the minis were like super mutants. That's cool. That's a great rap it a, gift. It was a great, but I was just like, oh, <laughs> oh so close. Yeah, know. for a second I got yeah. super excited. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, if you pl- you played it? I haven't. Oh. I haven't gotten a chance to. Again, well, I've seen it play. I've but you have it. played chess, right? <laughs> yeah. Great game. Yeah. Great game. We'll get together some chess sometime. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Fallout is wonderful. I think it it is so close to capturing the essence of what a sandbox board game is, uh, it's a little bit clunky. Yeah. Yes, it clunky. is. Clunky. Slow to yeah. get going, and by then somebody's already won. But there is a very fun storytelling component in the cards that feels like missions. Um, it, so it I, be, I enjoy it. It would be crazy. Maybe they can do a Mountains of Madness, Bethesda, Fantasy Flight. Oh. 
Yeah. Could you imagine with the app? The bunch of cute, bunch of cute, like special (laughs) cartoons. Guys, we're writing it for you. We're coming up with this for you. But like a 2.0 that, because again, like some of those story cards where it's like go to 78 or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I agree. I agree with you, Becca. Like the the motif of Fallout was there. Like I could taste the Nuka Cola. But like (laughs) I, I was so, I felt like we were kind of on either two paths and you kind of chose one or the other which was the faction based thing and even from then it was kind of luck based with what you drew when you got there like you yeah. spent a lot of time invested in something like on a path going somewhere then when you got there it was simply a card draw for the outcome Ooh. and that that was fun and it, surprising yeah. that was nice but it yeah. also felt like you weren't didn't have much control which right. is what the wasteland can be yeah. but I, I like i said i think it, it did a good job of evoking the that's the, one of those, that game, and I do. That's one of those few things I have uh, collectibles. I have like a little shrine in yeah. my office. That's you know some fixer and some Ventats and Nuka Cola. Is the seventy six community still around? There's they're trying. Yeah, they're trying. Yeah. I mean, they just did. I'm a little. They tried. They're doing battle royale. They just launched a beta for it, and it's fun. I haven't. I've avoided battle royale stuff because I don't really like to. I like to. Playing with other people online seems very unpersonal to me, and it also feels like like if I can hear your kids running around or your dog <laughs> or you're talking to your girlfriend about dinner. You're like, ruining my experience. It breaks the immersion because F- I want – Fallout sure. is such an immersive, immersive game. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, so it all the mechanics are there, so it makes sense for them to kind of like – Go for that. Go for it. Mm-hmm. And there's a big like nuclear firestorm that is the kind of controlling <laughs> – aspect of it which sometimes when that's slowly creeping over a hill it's very cool to run away from that (laughs) but uh it's not i would rather be wandering around the the wasteland by myself yeah uh yeah i'm that way with video games in general i like adventure-based games where i don't i will never play the online version because uh i'm never going to put enough time in to be competitive in that way and so no thank you (laughs) <laughs> I want to experience the story as it was written. My story, the yeah. one that I want, as it was written or as I want to. Customize it. Customize for it. For sure. Yeah. 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 I'm with you on that. I don't need to hear nobody's kids crying <laughs> for dinner. <laughs> and you say, shut up, I'm playing my game. <laughs> All right. There's one more game I want to get to that I know you're a fan of and I want to talk about because I don't know if we've really dug deep on it on the show yet. And this game is Mysterium. It was put out in 2015 by Libellud. Mm. Uh, it's a French publisher. It was a, This game was acquired by Asmodee. It's two to seven players. This is a cooperative game, pattern recognition. There's one player that is the ghost, essentially a clue giver. And then everyone else is a medium who's trying to figure out through, through um, clues that are on cards how how the ghost died uh, and who the spe- suspect, which suspect killed them and the room they were killed in. And each player is trying to figure out a different set of three given to them by the ghost. Yeah. Yeah. It's what I love. It's it's ghost clue. If you wanted like, <laughs> yeah, if you wanted clue, because I, I loved clue as a kid um, moving around the board, picking up clues. But it's like. The one outcome was always kind of a bummer because you have it doesn't lend you to a lot of speculation or trying to build the story behind it. It's just like, oh, it's this person and this object and this place. Oh, you mean like it's just it's fact, very, fact, 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 yeah, it's yeah. Very yeah. fact, yeah, fact, fact. True. And then those don't get revealed to the end. So yeah. it's a little but like this, I love that everybody has their own thread that they're working on. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And then the end result is trying to figure out which one is 
the real one. Which and you one get is to the share right that. One? Like in Clue, you're so against each other that you you will never share the information. Never yeah. talk about it. Mm-hmm. You will you will look at your thing and then you'll shut up. <laughs> yeah. Whereas this is the opposite. It's cooperative mm-hmm. and there's betting and there's I love it. It's for me it it bridges a nice gap where I have some friends that are really into the very stripped down um, Cards Against Humanity. Uh, what is it? Uh, Red flags. You know, where it's just like very. It's it's interpersonal in a way that I like because it encourages kind of conversation. But there's not. It's a board game on boards. Party games. You give me something cute to look at. Yeah. Give me something fun that I'm moving around. Pieces. Cool art. And some of that stuff just feels. And, and I, I like the simplicity of it. Mysterium's a great middle where you yes. have the like the big almost like DM screen that tracks all the different threads for all the different players. Yes. And there's it's very tactile. And I like that aspect of it. Even the cards, the art is is absolutely gorgeous and just all across kind of a very weird spectrum. And it's one of those great like, you know, because with your more conversational games, you can kind of get a, a clue into what, how your friends are, mm-hmm. like what, what they're thinking. Mysterium is a magical because it takes that to a whole nother level of like. Are you into pattern recognition? Are you into colors? colors? There's so many people that just go colors and shapes. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I will try to be like, how does the how does the story of this card of what's happening of like there's a little boy riding a lion holding a key. And what am I trying to do to get you into that like, uh, you know, like uh, nautical themed office? Like, how am I trying to get you to there? And then some people are like, oh, it was a green one. And I was just like, oh boy, oh, I got to rethink. Now I could play with you. Yeah. I find it's very, that is a tricky game for me. I love it. But when I am the ghost and Mm -hmm. the ghost has the clue giver player has to remain silent. Everybody else can chat as much as they want and help each other as much as they want. But the clue giver can't give any verbal clues. Yeah. So I find it very difficult because I will not think in that shapes and colors way. I will think very thematically. Yeah. And when other people are not thinking that way, you're like, I suck at this. This is so hard. But really, there's just different styles of thinking yeah. and yeah. reading your friends and learning in round one what type of clue How, receiver what are they, they gonna are. Di- what are they going to dig into? Mm-hmm. And also, it's funny because what's the rest of the... You also have to play to the rest of the players. Yes. Because sometimes there's the one colors and shapes person or the one person who's going to just... like go on to the dreaminess of it or the one person who's going to... There's also... People I found the third kind of version is that we'll look for there is a literal key, there is a literal key. And then it comes down to like having the right card to play that like that person needs a very literal and then sometimes you've already played that card. Yeah, and the ghost has a full deck in front of them face down and draws what is it, seven cards into your hand? And then you're always kind of as you give them out. And sometimes you just sometimes you have to give out a trash card. Like you just have to. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, getting rid of a it. sacrifice yeah. you have to make. And you're just yeah. like, maybe th- this green one, you're going to get what I'm, you know, so that's. But sometime- then they might. But then they might. Because um, then when you give them a clue next time, it becomes cumulative and they might get so stuck on that trash card. Right. And it's hard. There's also a component of uh, like pounding the table in this game too. Yeah, it's there? it's once for in a classic seance sort of way. It's like once for yes, two for no. Right. Oh. Yeah. Or I might have that backwards. Wait, but does that's, that part that's a come rule in, in the game. Yeah, that rule. that's the only way that the ghost can communicate yes. is the like weird knock on the table. That's and I so love cool. To, I love that idea. I like to play too with that second knock too, like Ooh. where you just knock and then wait. Wait for the second ah, one. <laughs> you know, just yes. to like really kind of draw out. I love that's one of those things I love. 
the ghosting aspect of it. As someone who, for me, as a kid, sometimes we, whole other thing is like my family had a very, I loved board games. Uh, it was hard for us to agree on one. And we also got very combative. Like we got very, there I was a, a game of trivial, uh, Wizard of Oz trivial pursuit. We're like game board <laughs> thrown from the table. Like it gets pretty uh, intense. So I kind of, how many questions can one devise about, uh, specifically about Wizard, Wizard of, of Oz? Yeah. And like the people who are like a bigger fan of, you know, Wizard of Oz as a movie versus the people that know a little bit more about Hollywood history. Mm -hmm. And it just got very contentious. So I always like Monopoly. I'll play the banker. I'll just sit here and like watch everybody else kind of do their thing. So if you're that player, Mysterium is the ideal game for you get to be the ghost, kind of manipulate your friends a little bit and play with them. And you don't have to. It's a great some people that's terrifying for them. They don't want to have that ghost mantle. But it's it's interesting. Because again, different ghosts is going to pick different cards. Maybe they are seeing the fourth dimension of like, oh, this person's really shape space. This person's very literal. This person can kind of go into a dream. Oh, this invokes. I'm giving you a lion that's got a wardrobe. I'm trying to do some Narnia thing. Like, do you vibe with me on this? You yes. Know? And so different ghosts kind of change the game as well. But yeah, it's Narnia, great. there's a wardrobe, there's a lion because it's all about association. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Oh, I love that. Okay, quick sidebar story. I know <laughs> I got to say that the coolest seance in the world is at the Magic Castle in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. Have you ever done yeah. the Harry Houdini room? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Can you can you set the scene? Because it's so, so magical. It's just, it's, it's just like the classic sauce. Yeah. And like I'm very – and I appreciate Becca and our – because we also – completely unrelated from – as much as we love tactile sitting at a table, you're one of my favorite like random adventure partners. Thank you. We go do the craziest – we have done some of the craziest stuff together. Sometimes it's a party. Sometimes it's a weird holiday someone's made up. Uh, ah. Sometimes <laughs> – but like because what I do and uh, my wife Ray and I, we will go go to the Magic Castle – um, well, there's kind of a theme already, mm-hmm. but we go dressed like we're going to the Haunted Mansion at Disney World. Oh, like yes. in a very, because you're supposed to dress up. Well, that's like, you guys on a, on a Tuesday. She's, yeah, she's got like <laughs> Urban Witch kind of covered as like oh, a yes. style. So we just go and the spookier you're, not like a Halloween Town costume, but like the more that you look like you belong. Like we always get, when we go to the Magic Castle, just get picked for everything. Here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, my wedding ring got like attached and I, we'd only been married for maybe a couple months to a, and a trick to a string of wedding rings. <gasps> yeah. On stage. And then like they pulled them all apart. I have no clue. I did it. That's cool. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, take my skull faced wedding ring and put it in the, yeah. So, but it's like, it's the classic, it's the room. You're there. It's like they make the table float. float. They do a creepy thing with a doll that predicts um, people speaking from the beyond the grave. I walked away with a genuine feeling that my grandfather had contacted me to tell me, say what's up to your little sister. Oh, yeah. And does he usually talk like that? No, that's not fam. Yeah, no, but he said, sup, fam. Mice. Mice. Might as well talk to your mice. Say, hey. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great. And the more you, that's one of those experiences, just in, the more you put into it, the more you get out. But yeah, I go to escape rooms in costume. It's bad. I have a problem. <laughs> that's not a problem. That's a solution. <laughs> uh, and I do want to say that if anyone's played Dixit, that was sort of the precursor. I believe that was the first game or at least the first big game from Le Belude, 
Oh, is it? Oh, they're yes. the same. So, I didn't, oh, yeah. Because I always thought, oh, they ripped off Dixit. But it is the same company. They they evolved the concept they originated uh, with this game of giving clues through visual cards. Uh, Jake, thoughts on Mysterium? I loved it. That one night I played, I, we, I played it with only two other people one night when we had a guest in town and she had wanted to play it really bad but hadn't been able to. And I was like, well, let's just go for it. And we opened the book and I, I was the ghost and... It was one of the best experiences for like just three people to have. No, sure. Because it was so chill. Because I did not talk for like two hours. <laughs> it's fun. And it was just wonderful speculation. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I think it would be. It's great that you can play up to seven players, but it is a nice game for a smaller group. It's also a pretty good gateway game, as you were saying. Like, yeah. really, the the ghost has to be a pretty pretty great with rules, and everybody else can kind of sit back and just have fun with the so, mystery. Yeah. Do you have dreams? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you have get you ever it. had a dream? Have, you, you know what this is. Do you understand Clue as a concept? <laughs> seen the movie, that's on you. Yeah. But like, do you, have you ever had a dream? If you Look haven't at seen the card. movie, stop everything you're doing. Go watch Clue the movie. Flames? Uh, the sides of my face. face. Yeah. Um, uh, so Dixit is excellent. I would say Dixit is also a gateway version of this yeah. without the spooky theme and uh, much more simple when you rotate who the judge is and uh, everybody else puts down their clue, you try to figure out which one the judge put in and in the context of everything um, with a word clue. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but, no, there's a there. OK, so there are three games in this genre from Le Bellum. Le, Le uh You have to say it with a French accent or I don't know how to pronounce this word. Le Belude. I'm going to just assume you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so Dixit came first, then Mysterium. And there's one that came out in 2018 that I want to recommend to everybody because I absolutely love it. It's called Shadows Amsterdam. And this is an innovation on this type of uh, clue giver, clue receiver through a visual medium. And there is a board in this one made up of hexes of funny little kind of Zootopia-esque Critters. Yeah. Um, and there are two teams, and I believe you can only play with four people. Maybe you can play with six people of one clue giver on each team. And it's it's a race. It's a real-time race. You're on the same board, and you each have a little mover for your team, and whoever is the clue giver gives the other person um, a, a correlation of the direction they would like them to go because there are pictures on the board. And so, like, yeah. I want you to move towards to this recurring theme. There's a statue of a lion. Yeah. And so um, in my hand of cards right. with clues, there's ones that it's a museum full of sculptures. So I'll play Trying that to get, people to get to you move. to move your marker towards the That's lion fantastic. on the board. Yeah. So it's a race. You have to hit a certain amount of checkpoints and get back to the start. It is in real first. time. There's not turns. No turns. That's just cool. fast. That's oh, cool. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's the evolution of this. Shadows Amsterdam. Oh, it's not rated as high as Mysterium on Board Game Geek, and I think this is a fluke, and I'm putting out the word. Shadows yeah. Amsterdam is very fun. I get it. That's I would try it. I don't as someone who in my in my day job faces a lot of like real time <laughs> yeah. clock pressure. I can understand. Yeah. And again, there's a certain amount of that with Mysterium. There's you you turn the the Oh yeah, there is that. Yeah. So there's some I, time, I like to throw out timers in games where you can throw out the timer. It's <laughs> it's yeah. So like sometimes the Yeah, different different strokes for different folks yeah. maybe. It's a but it's a different take on that for if you're in the mood for yeah. a more intense fast-paced version that's more competitive versus the more relaxed, chill Jake's silent for two hours as the ghost. <laughs> no? 
know what that sounds like yes. on a mic. That's a yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, well, friends, that's about it. But we do have to mention yeah. that 80s Marbles game. We oh, said man. we would. I, I now, was going to say you teased it. I'm, I'm uh, ready it's to. It's Mousetrap. No, it's not Mousetrap. <laughs> it's not Mousetrap. What the heck is Run Yourself Ragged, Run your a.k.a. Screwball Scramble. Screwball, screwball Scramble. So, again, as I was getting ready to sit down with you, because, again, we could talk, and half the stuff I even put on, we haven't even talked. There's so much more to talk about. So much. This was one of my, and, and again, two little sisters. I had very, like, things I was into, could never really get them on board with, whatever. And I think this was my mom was a counselor at the Boys and Girls Club. And I think I found this sitting in a waiting room because I couldn't at the girls club, I couldn't go in with her. So I had to kind of sit in the lobby by myself. So oh. the things that came from that were like a weird love of professional wrestling because some girl <laughs> punched me in the arm once, turned my cartoons to wrestling. And then that was the end of that. <laughs> and, um, and they had this game, uh, Run Yourself Ragged, which again, I think most people, I always saw it as something that somebody got rid of at a yard sale. Yeah. I saw it in the yard sales. Yeah, yeah, without the box. I don't think I've ever seen the box. <laughs> but it's this magical, as far as like an analog version of, because again, at the same time, you were getting those little video games pre-Game Boy, where you could only really move around like a, because it was like pre-printed on the, and there was limiting. And it's like, this was tactile and it's an obstacle course for one person, there's a timer, but again, who wants the timer? And, Throw it out. Burn them. And there's stages, and each one of them is radically different, and each one of them has a different control. And some of them are very simple. It's like pushing a button. But the pushing of a button actuates a bridge, and then you have to guide the marble Ooh. across the bridge. And then it, you can play through, and it's this whole course, and each obstacle plays differently. And there's a real finesse there. And for something that's just like a chunk of plastic, the amount of weird, fine, fin this thing was made durable. Because, again, I think that's yard sales because they, they last forever. And it's just this weird fun. And if you haven't picked it up for a while, it's just getting back in the habit of, like, trying to get those two little prongs to open up just wide enough that the – it's like a, a Rube Goldberg – a Rube – not Rube Goldberg. Goldberg. Well, yeah. Rube Goldberg. Yeah. I, for some reason, I was uh, thinking of the Supreme Court justice, and I didn't want to say that wrong. <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, but Rube RBG. Goldberg machine that you can play. And it's just a fascinating, I don't know, for me, being stuck by myself, it gave me all those tactile, yeah. tactile board game feels. And I found out under this new, I can't even get a screwball, whatever, screwball, screwball, scramble, yeah. screwball, scramble, that it, it still exists. It's one of those things that like, you when you're ever like, ah, oh, nostalgia, they still make it. So I am going to every, my, my four nieces and nephews are just all getting... That's what everybody's getting for their birthday. Is this. There's something satisfying about mechanical games yeah. like that, right? I very much agree with that. The physical engineering of that thing. Yeah, because yeah. I used to do, who else like skipped to the end of Mousetrap and just built the trap? Yeah, right? I didn't ever no play Mousetrap. No one played the game. No, no one, one ever played, played the game. Yeah, so no. this was like, skip all that. And it's just, you don't even have to, it's all set there for you. Uh, it, it works reliably well. Like it's not one of these things that's kind of built and then like, this might not work. Like your success rate, with a little patience is fairly high. Like they didn't. So there's like levers you pull on the sides to make yeah, the marble do what you want it to do. Each station has an, an individual numbered control. Ooh. That that um and one of them is like a covered labyrinth, which is crazy. Like you kick the ball up into this encased plastic loaf that has like a maze in it, and then you your little controller tilts the the yeah it's crazy Ooh, satisfying mm -hmm. it, 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 is. it is satisfying just weird engineering that went into this this kids game and i don't see, i like i i thought it was lost to time 
and people had to go like Jumanji style, find it in an <laughs> attic or like buy it at a yard sale. But apparently under this new name, it is out in the world it. and you can pick it up. All right. Well, there's uh, Johnny's advice to you. Go pick up Run Yourself Ragged, a.k.a. Screwball Scrabble. <laughs> and, uh, uh, all right. Well, that's all the time we have. Final thoughts for our listeners? This was such a great episode. Thank you for sharing. Hey, I, I like talking. <laughs> I do it professionally. I like uh, talking But to you. I rarely get to talk about games and stuff. Yeah. Well, we'll have to have you back sometime. Yeah. I All will. Right. I will shamelessly plug my my D and D podcast. Please if that's plug okay. again. Yes. Uh, we're ten episodes in. It's called Demon Days. It is. Um, and again, uh, there's a lot of options. We are an all tiefling party. Uh, so, so a tea party? Yeah, it's a tea party. Uh, all tiefling party, but we all come from very different backgrounds. We start off. Uh, we've all been mysteriously used in some ritual. We don't. We wake up after the fact. Huh. We don't know each other, and then it's kind of a great mystery. So there's a lot of secrets. There's a lot of each of us. We're all demons, but we all come from very different backgrounds. Um, Every tiefling I've had has had a secret. Oh, yeah. That's right. You guys are secret uh, machines. And I love mine. I'm from, grew up in hell. Like, I grew up in the city of Dis. I like to think of the hierarchy of hell as like like a mob situation. So I'm very much like a very low-level mob informer. Who gets whisk off on this thing? So I a lot of yakuza and triad and mob kind of that's kind of the basis for my character Fetter. Nice. And we're just on an adventure, and uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. Amazing. And, uh, jump in. Well, make sure you check out Demon Days if you like D and D or you like Johnny, which of course everyone does. What? Therefore. <laughs> You'll have to do it. All right. Thanks so much for listening to Victory Points. Make sure you like and subscribe and rate and do all the things so that more people can find this podcast. And we'll see you next time. Mice. Mice. Mice.